0: Welcome to the Connection Codes podcast. This is the podcast where we break open our emotions that take us from being disconnected to connected in ourselves and in our relationships. I am your host, Tara Wages, and I am here with clinical sexologist, marriage and family therapist, Dr. Glenn Hill. And I am here with his incredible wife, Phyllis Hill, who takes all of this information and helps us apply it to our lives and together, they are the founders of The Connection Codes, which is the
1: guide to human connection.
0: Mm.
1: Excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. Hello, world. Wow. We just got back a mm. few hours ago from California. Literally and, a few uh, hours ago. Yes, we mm. flew that middle of the night flight, which, mm. Mm, that was rough. Mm. Rough, let me just say. But uh, we had an amazing time in California and met so many wonderful people. And we even had a a house event where some dear friends, the Giles, so shout out to Deborah and Mm. Daniel Giles.
2: Thank you, Deborah and Daniel. Who
1: had uh, opened their home Mm. and invited just a ton of friends. I think there was at least 30 people crammed in and it was amazing just Mm. to get to talk about connection codes and to teach just some fundamental tools on how to connect with each other, how to connect with our family members, our Mm. friends and we love doing that. And right. you know, I, I appreciate it even you, Tira, because you put something on Instagram just saying, hey, if anybody in the local area, we live in Nashville, mm-hmm. wants to do just a evening with us, we would love to come and talk to your right. friends right. about just these tools and how to take these things. And and it's interesting because already the very next day we had feedback where they right. people said, Oh my word, we did this with our five-year-old. The next morning and it made all the difference, you know, just to hear that it can be that quick where you can see change Mm -hmm. is so encouraging. And so that's what we want is we want these tools to be simple and we want them to be implementable immediately right? so that you can see, wow, this really does work, which is so great. And also,
0: you originally went out there to work with the Pursuit Co., a church out in Santa Rosa, California. And I think it's really cool because they actually went through one of our group packages. So they had done our master classes and then brought you out in person Mm -hmm. to learn from you, like here, help me apply it even more. And I just think that's really cool to hear of a group wanting to go even deeper than the masterclass, than the podcast and bring their community together. Because whether it's a group setting in a church or in someone's home, Mm -hmm. there's just something about building a community Mm -hmm. around you of people that like you can now talk to about this. Like we're all sharing the same language. Oh, you and your husband are struggling in conflict But we've gone through this thing together. Now I can actually talk to y'all, and you'll understand each other. You know, we can help each other's marriages grow when we're all speaking the same language. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. and that makes it exponential as far as the power of it, because Mm -hmm. the systems we've set up for many centuries is that you go to your upper, you go to your whether it's your pastor, your preacher, your elder. Uh, in religious settings, or even if it's a therapist, you go to this one person, mm. but it's not a mutual relationship. Right. And I wow. am a therapist, uh, so I can speak for us. Uh, and it's just a bad model right. because we mm-hmm. need people and I'm all for therapy. I think it's incredibly beneficial to a lot of people, but we need to live life together. Yeah. That's when it becomes yeah. incredibly powerful. Uh, and it's so fun for us because we live life with so many connection coders who connection code with us and we're mm-hmm. just pilgrims on the journey. We're a little further down the trail than a lot of people. But whenever we're sitting with friends and they see that Phyllis and I missed each other, that they're able to go, hey, what what just happened? For you there, and of course, I tell them, don't pull that connection code stuff on me. I'm the one that taught it to you. No, I don't do that. Pretty sure
0: you did that to me this morning with between me and Wes. You were yeah. like, Satir, what's happening for you there? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But the reality is, you and Wes can't do the exact same thing, yeah, for us to go, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you know, so we're not in a hierarchy, we're not in a you know, whatever you call it, a superior position, we're just all pilgrims on the journey, yeah. And again, are some of us more uh, are further along in some things, yes. But it's still just all the same. We're still mm-hmm. just experiencing it the same. What wow. I also I love.
0: Like, oh, you're, it, what did I do? Nope, you're good. I think you just touched it. That happens sometimes. We just like touch okay. our mic. <laughs> but one of the things that I also love about creating a community of people around you that speak this language yes. is it helps and it opens up for your vulnerability within mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. It allows you to have those people in your life that you can be truly authentic in yourself with Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like you have to just show perfection Mm -hmm. all the time because now you have a safe space to Mm -hmm. share. You know, Mm -hmm. you can come to your Mm -hmm. friend and be like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling a lot of shame Mm -hmm. about this. And they know, they know how to meet you there mm-hmm. and you can be vulnerable. And so one of the stories that happened this last weekend at the event in California in Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. Glenn, you had a vulnerable moment on stage that you shared something you don't typically share mm. in group settings. So I want y'all to talk a little bit about that and then what the outcome of that, what what did that lead to in that mm-hmm. moment
1: of vulnerability well, before you share, I do want to shout out. I'm so thankful you mentioned the Pursuit Church mm. and just that they are the ones who brought us out to California. And so a shout out to um Elijah and Christina Runyon. They mm. just and all of their staff, all of their close people. and uh, they all listened to the podcast, so I want to be sure and shout out just the thanks for making it a magical yeah. trip, an event. They thought of every little detail and just, you know made it really uh, a joy for us i think that's so one of the powerful. things i love when when you know groups have us come out whether it's a church or a business is that we really want to pour into the people's lives not just teach or not just you know speak in front of the whole group right. we really want to connect right. while we're there and and pour into the lives of the people who are open for that cool. so you want to talk about what go so back to on stage. Yeah, like what were we even talking about like how did we even get there do you remember um, that part?
2: I, I do not. Uh, we could go back and yeah. watch the video. Mm-hmm. I assume we were somehow talking about psychological disorders and. Uh, you were and talking
0: I, about
1: joy not being bad, but like. Okay, so it wasn't about joy. Okay. It wasn't right, about right, psychological right. disorders. Right, it was right. talking about the different emotions and that they're yeah. neither good nor bad. Yeah. Right? And that's very challenging for most people because mm. when they see the core emotion wheel, they're like, oh, why is there only one? good emotion and all the rest are bad instead of realizing they're neither good nor bad and so you were explaining how joy is not necessarily what we consider a good or how we label it and we just
2: talked about in the presentation that uh all of us have done dumb things we've made bad choices bad decisions bad behavior out of joy Mm -hmm. Uh, this is true for everybody right we've all you know bought something we should have never bought that we were flooded with joy in the moment, so we bought it, whether it's a car or a house or, or you know a smaller item. And uh, then we regret that. We call it buyer's remorse uh, because we realize, well, that was a dumb purchase. I should have never uh, bought that. And then I just shared, which we do if we get have enough time with the group, we get to the relationship science, uh, psychological disorders, and that I personally deal with a number. Of psychological disorders. And again, a psychological disorder is just where your nervous system gets dysregulated, your psyche gets disordered, which we then unfortunately in the psychology world pathologize and call it a psychological disorder to which people go, oh my goodness, dun, 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 you know, put him in an institution, uh, put him in a straitjacket. No, it, it, his psyche is just disordered. So that happens for me in various areas. And so then I talked about a few things. One of those is kleptomania. I feel a lot of joy about stealing stuff, I just love it. It's just, and I've been—I can remember early childhood, uh, and I don't know when it started, how it started, why it started. That's why we don't ask why because you can't figure out why. Of course, this group, this crowd that we're speaking to—I can t- tell people are getting a little bit nervous. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> who is this <laughs> you know, thief on our hands? Thief, you know? Yeah, thought, I don't, I don't know. No. I didn't
1: experience. I just could hear the 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 giggle. It was like all mm-hmm. of a sudden there was this wave of giggles that was happening in the audience so i get it that for you you're thinking they're perhaps judging you but i was experiencing it as people just starting the giggle so i
0: actually want to play this clip so everyone (laughs) listening y'all can actually hear what was being said and how this played out so here's the clip
2: and i'll show this too real quickly i know we're out of time um But uh, I deal with a fairly high level of of kleptomania. I love stealing stuff. I just, it's a joy experience for me. I've had this since I was a kid. I would steal stuff and go throw it in the dumpster outside, literally. I just, I love the idea of getting to steal stuff. I don't do it, okay? Don't judge me, you wretched people. Um, But I mean, it's regular, it's numerous times a week that we're somewhere, and I'm like, babe. You see that thing? I bet I could steal that. I bet I can take that home. I feel so much joy about that. And she oozed me. She's like, uh, yeah, I hear you. And then she asked me the fourth phrase. She goes, What do you need? I'm like, I need to steal it. She's like, nope, we're not stealing that. I'm like, really? They wouldn't even notice. She's like, I know, but you are not stealing that. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so again, is joy bad? No, it's just what I experience. I just love the idea. I mean, we were at Elijah and Christine's the other day. There were like six items. I was like, I bet I could take that. <laughs> and don't tell them about that. But I'm like, they would, they would either never notice, or if they didn't notice, they'd never think to accuse me. <laughs> so there's total wow. safety. So, and I didn't steal anything from them. But.
1: I, I do allow him to steal sugar packets from, like, Starbucks, yes. but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a backpack full yeah. of
2: sugar packets. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And pockets? Do you have pockets? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that promoted?
2: <laughs> call, call the cops.
1: Where did you get those? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> 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 need to refill the sugar. I'll refill the sugar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> caught red-handed oh my god oh
1: wow all right
2: i'm not saying it's healthy i'm just saying it is (laughs) what happens for me enjoy
1: your lunch see you
2: so that's uh, I died that's laughing when out. I
0: watched that oh the first well, we've time. We
2: watched it about eight times. Oh and my goodness!
0: Laughed yeah. so hard because what you if you're not watching on YouTube or on Spotify, mm. what you couldn't see in that moment was Glenn was pulling <laughs> out sugar packets from his pocket that he had
1: just taken. I don't know from an hour before co- yeah, from the coffee station that was part of the event. Um, yes, like they had a, just it was a beautiful you know coffee and all the options and tea and. And so when he did that, I mean, we both just lost it. And no. of course, I knew immediately where he'd gotten them from. <laughs> right. And so I'm pointing over to the area where the coffee is. And then I'm telling Elijah, I think you're going to have to, you know, <laughs> to restock, restock yes. the sugar before yes. the next yeah.
2: break. Yeah. And I've shared it before. And and I mean, if you watch much of our stuff, I, I don't care anymore. Uh, it helps that I'm old. Uh, but I, this is one of my many pet peeves is that what we do in our culture is that the leader, whatever the setting is, whether it's a church, a business, whatever is, we, we've established this thing that the leader is supposed to be fill in the blank. Perfect, right. untouchable, um, is supposed to have it all together. And as we were saying before, certainly not a fellow pilgrim on the journey. And if we could shift this, So that's part of our whole positioning that people understand that we're just pilgrims on the journey. Do Mm -hmm. we do better in some areas than other people? Yeah, we do. Uh, Do we do worse in some areas than other people? Yes, we do. And it was fascinating to me over the the next day or so uh, with this group in Santa Rosa, how many people came up to me, number one, and said, oh, I deal with that same thing. That happens Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, Because again, they never shared that with anybody ever because you just don't do that. You don't Say, I feel joy about stealing stuff. Well, now we have to, I don't know, imprison the guy or, you know, just keep him away from everything, sugar packets or something. (laughs) Um, And then how many people came up later who didn't necessarily uh, struggle with that personally, but they're like, that's when I felt safe Mm. with you. That's when I knew that Mm. I could trust you. Because you're not speaking from a, a podium. You're not speaking from a pedestal. You're not saying, I have it all together. I'm perfect. I've arrived. And what's the matter mm-hmm. with you people uh, that you can't get your stuff together and, and be a good person uh, and just to recognize that, yeah, we all deal with stuff. We all get knocked off course. Again, any of the emotions uh, that pushes to where we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the human condition, part of the human experience, part of the human journey. Is just processing through and figuring out. Oh, okay, I get hit with joy there, and that pushes me to somewhere to make a poor decision. And again, it could be fear, it could be loneliness, it could be shame, whatever. And this is the power of the connection codes. It's just unwrapping the emotions and going, "What's happening for me there? What's happening for me? What's happening to me? Oh, I really want to steal that thing." And you process it with a friend. I process it with Phyllis, and she gets to the fourth race. She says, "What do you need?" I'm like, I need to steal that, and she goes, "Well, we're not doing that, right?" <laughs> but, but I get, I get that that's what's happening for you.
1: Well, well, oh, go ahead. Well, often you know, with situations like that, uh, that especially at different seasons in your life, you hide that mm-hmm. because yeah. you know it's not acceptable in our society to steal things, right? And so, it and yet it's such a joy push, and then you go, "But I can't let anyone on. No one." can know this about Mm -hmm. me and in that secrecy it gains power yeah in that secrecy it becomes obsessive Mm -hmm. in that secrecy it becomes dangerous right and and what was fascinating to me is that the people that came up and talked to us about it over the you know we were kind of halfway through i think the weekend so we had many more touch points with people and it was interesting this was um that morning Because we went to lunch, we had a lunch break and we went to lunch with a couple who, uh, they were so precious because we sat down and they said, we want you to know we actually felt a lot of fear about having lunch with you. Just, you know, not sure what to talk about, just intimidated or you know, whatever. And she said it was incredible when Glenn shared that it just changed everything for us. And then her husband spoke up and he goes, yeah, because that's what I deal with. And, and yet they were as a couple, very much open with each other about it. And so it was very similar to how we engage in it, where he'll say to her, Oh man, you know how easy it'd be to walk out of the store with that or the restaurant with that. And she, she grins and she acknowledges what he says. And then she goes, but we're not going to do that. And he goes, Oh no, no, no. And, and so we had like, it bonded us to this couple who, who, that early that morning we're like, oh, we said we would go to lunch with them and their own staff there at the church. And so they were like, wanted to do it, but yet fear of that, you know, the intimacy of just the four of us being out to lunch. And when Glenn shares about emotion, he doesn't usually share that particular story. And so I was fascinated. I mean, I was surprised that he went down that road. Right. And yet it was such a beautiful connector to that couple that we went to lunch with. And and then and then others who um, came up over the weekend and, and shared similar stories. And then uh, I don't – I was so surprised how many people brought up the um, Home Alone um, clip where they're on the plane and, I don't know, the uncle
2: – Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank. Put it in, in your purse. Put it in
1: your purse. Put it in your purse. And so many people <laughs> – like several brought that one up, right. that clip. And, of course, Glenn knew that clip. He knows movies. And he knew that clip. And, he, and then it was such a funny, he goes, how often do you say, put it in your purse, put it in your purse. And <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my goodness, that is so funny. Right. That that is so many people's joy points. Yeah. yeah. But as a society, it is so looked down upon. We don't know what to do with it. Right. So we don't process it even in the joy. We judge it. Right. And we label it. Yeah. And then, you know, and if you don't, if you're not in. Relationships where you're safe, mm. then right. you're hiding it, right? Which then it can yeah. really become yeah. such a problem mm-hmm. in your life. And also, specifically about
0: this particular idea of, of stealing and taking things, some people do it out of fear. Mm. You know, it's it's not necessarily a joy point, but it's a fear point. They're they're taking things, and as someone, I have actually been robbed, I think higher than a- the average person. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. We've had lots of things mm-hmm. stolen from us. Even before Wes and I were married as a kid, someone broke into our home in the middle of the night and oh. like took all of our things. Um, and so as someone who's been stolen from a lot, I think those people were doing it. Some maybe out of joy, but also out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that so often, whatever emotion is driving us to do something that's unacceptably you're right we hide it right. and then it grows and it festers and then it actually leads us more likely to do mm, absolutely do the action yeah. but what i loved about the story was the fact that when you let yourself to vulnerability when you opened Ooh. yourself mm. up how connecting yeah. that was for other people yeah because we've created a society around perfection, mm-hmm. you know, we've mm-hmm. created a society of my kids all stand in a row and we act proper and we do our thing, and I always have my hair done, and mm-hmm. and we all look perfect all the time. Yeah. And so, anytime someone opens their mouth to share something real, to share something vulnerable, mm-hmm. we're all like, "Whoa, that actually just happened," mm-hmm. and it can draw us to them, or we could stand back in judgment and be like. I don't even know what to do with this information. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it's so interesting that you say that because, and I know that I think we're all smart enough to know that what people put on Instagram or Facebook isn't necessarily what's really happening in their lives. So I think we all know that, but we know it in our brains, right. but it's still, Oh so my effectual.
0: goodness. It affects us so it does. deeply. It
1: really does. And and yeah. I um, just being amongst a lot of people in the past uh, week And hearing so many people share loneliness, Mm. it's like, oh man, how many of us are just feeling loneliness? Yeah. And and then it's interesting to me because what I thought about is wow, when I when I follow you on Instagram, I don't see that. Yeah. I don't you're with great people and you're, you know, you're traveling and you're doing so many fun things and you're Mm. taking all these pictures with people. And yet Mm -hmm. here we are really being vulnerable and I'm hearing how lonely you are. Yeah. And it's, it's just a good reminder. And I know for me, sometimes when I see all of that, then it almost triggers when I see people's Instagram posts that are just like full of smiling friends, I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it is often not a reality of what's even happening in that person's life. Right. Because you can snap a picture where everyone looks good and they're smiling. That doesn't mean that we're not lonely. And I think that it is, it's like we think smiling and acting like everything is okay is what is expected. And yet it's so damaging because when we can actually open up and say, even in a crowd of people, man, I'm feeling really lonely. Yeah. It's it's real. It's what's happening, and yeah. then we're releasing that from our bodies. And I don't
2: know if this has gotten worse. Uh, maybe it's just been consistent for centuries. I'm not sure, but there's such a push now, certainly in our faith based communities, but also in the, the secular uh, perspective, that you need to focus on the positive. You, you need to, you know, to to. Um, I remember years back there was the um, what people would say, "How are you doing?" They go, "Blessed and highly favored." And so that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you, you, you name it and claim mm. it. You, know, you speak it into existence, uh, which is bizarre because we would never say that to a 12-month-old. We mm. would never say that to a, an 18-month-old You know, who cries and we go, stop focusing on the negative. Stop, uh, you know, you're, you're defeating yourself. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, there's no birthday where that changes, where now you're three, now you're eight, now you're 11, now you're 15, and you need to stop being real. You need to stop being human. Well, that doesn't work. It's, it's just not human. That's not how uh, we're designed.
1: But you know, it is interesting you say that, that we don't do that to babies or toddlers. And yet, I think we do at times. Mm, yeah, we say, stop crying. Stop, yeah. crying. stop crying. Stop yeah.
2: crying. You're okay. You're okay. You're yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: And, and, but if we realize mm. that their crying is them expressing a need, mm. they just don't have the words to say the need. And that we actually, it's the language of our birth is to say, I have a need. Right. And for us to tune in to the need. And so from a really young age, we're told, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Mm. And eventually, whatever age, we get the message, stop crying. And ultimately what that does is it teaches
0: us not to be vulnerable. Absolutely. You know, like we are teaching our kids right now don't be vulnerable with me. Don't, Mm. don't share with me because I don't know. I can't handle it myself because I'm dysregulated. I, I am Mm. off kilter. And I love that you brought up loneliness Mm. just now because a part of the feedback that you received, Glenn, and sharing that joy that you have is that people came up and they were like, I experienced that too. I thought that I was the only Mm -hmm. one. You Mm -hmm. know, I didn't know that other people experienced that. I feel safe with you now Mm -hmm. because you shared this with Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And so we walk around feeling so lonely Mm -hmm. because we are not willing to be, or because we're so afraid. No, because we were trained at an early age not Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we stop being vulnerable. And now we've built these walls up. And we feel alone right. because we can't share, yeah. I'm struggling with this, or yeah. I find joy in this, or I have fear in this. So we feel alone yeah. all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the, the leaders in those situations, whether it's the parents, the pastors, uh, the business leaders, think that their people are doing great because it's like, see, Tierra never uh, experiences that thing anymore no no she still experiences it she just doesn't share about it mm. because I conveyed to her clearly that she's bad and wrong she didn't you know we always say that when we tell people what no 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 you don't need to feel that the message they get is number one you're wrong to experience that number two you're stupid and so we're telling people all the time you're wrong and you're stupid and then we think we help them mm. and all they got the message the takeaway they got was don't share with glenn again and then glenn walks away going man i i helped tira so much she's never struggled with that again it's amazing it's not that she never struggled with it again she just never shared it with me again and maybe she never shared it with anybody and Mm -hmm. that's the incredible travesty of it and tragedy is that we're just shutting people down Mm -hmm. and we think we're doing good Uh, and from a good heart good intention but we are damaging people so much.
1: You know, uh, we were talking about this the other night with this group about how even just the, we shut each other down with crying. It's like we we have, for different reasons, this thought of, you know, we shouldn't, number one, we shouldn't cry. Uh, number two, oh, I look ridiculous when I cry, so we have a judgment on it. Mm. And, oh, he doesn't want to hear me. You know, he, he doesn't like it when I cry. So again, we shut ourselves down and, you know, now we actually have studies now that say hormones are in tears. And if we don't let the tears flow and we're holding back, then we get, we end up with a hormonal imbalance because our body is trying to release the hormones and we're, we're saying no, no, no. And, you know, and I think, wow, it's, it's fascinating. You know, of course we were talking about all the way back to an early age and, a phrase that Glenn heard. And then this group uh, was talking about this as they were leaving that this the saying, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Oh, you yeah. heard that growing up. Yeah. And just the thought of, oh my goodness, it is it is so opposite of what we actually need and and, and to be able to have people tune into us in and when we do feel the urge to cry. And I think uh, I've heard people say, well, I just, I can't, I feel like if I start crying, I'll never stop. Right, and so even that, it's like you're resisting your own body's desire yeah. to release the tears that are full of hormones. Mm. And and this week, actually today, is the anniversary of my mom's mm. passing. Oh, wow. And eight years ago, she passed away, and it is always the like leading up to this day. Like I've been thinking yeah. about it, you know, every day for days and days now, and even, you know, how Facebook pops a memory up Mm -hmm. that you didn't ask for, or your phone does. I don't know if it's even Facebook, Mm -hmm. but a, but a picture. And that Mm -hmm. came up about a week Mm -hmm. ago because my mom, towards the end of her life, she had a stroke and Mm -hmm. the doctor said she's got probably 72 hours. So we called, you know, people in and our oldest daughter Echo and her baby at the Mm -hmm. time who was Meadow, not Meadow, it was Haven, sorry that flew in. And so there's this precious picture of them sitting next to my mom and my brother is, is on the other side of my mom and Mm. that picture popped up and it just, it's like, I don't even know what we were doing, but we were in California when it happened and you know, it just takes my breath away. It's like that unexpected picture. And then yesterday we were traveling to get back home and, um, from California flying and it's a pretty long day. And, um, I was, had a moment and I was checking Instagram and a friend of mine had taken her mom to Maui for her her mom's 80th. And so it was so many precious pictures. Well, it just washed over me. Like the sadness of wow, that's so beautiful. And it took me back to, you know, the memories of, because my mom died when she was 90. So I was thinking about how many birthdays did I celebrate with my mom and how many special things that I do. And then I thought, man, I never took my mom to Hawaii. And, Mm. you know, we did a lot of other things and trips, but not that. And it just washed over me with sadness. And I think that society wise, I think we're taught to not let that just flow. Mm. We we hold ourselves back instead of just immediately sharing it with whoever is nearby and, you know, and, and sharing it like with Glenn or even others, like over the past week when I've shared that with people, they've been so kind and yeah. and it's like, they make space for my sad. Yeah. They don't try to fix it. They don't try to reassure me. They just make space for it. And it's not ever planned. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, even today, today's a busy day. I haven't like gone, hey, today I'm going to set aside all this time and I'm going to go look at pictures of my mom. I haven't planned that. But leading up to today, I've had several moments that were just really big. And it's Mm. like, wow, I was just washed over with that. And I know that even during that year that my mom was dying, I was resisting Mm. pushing away the sad. Like, oh, my word, I didn't want to feel it. And it it really affected my body very, Mm. very strongly, like in a bad way. And Glenn at one point just was – connecting Codes was – he was in the research stage of it all. And he suggested, he goes, babe, I I think you're experiencing sad. And I said, I don't have time to be sad. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest it's just what's happening to you. So me resisting actually made it so much worse. But I know now, and it took me a while. (laughs) Like, I think it took me a couple of years to actually figure out. I resisted it so strongly Mm -hmm. because my dad died when I was 25 Mm -hmm and when i got that phone call my bot like my mind exploded yeah. like, it was a physical unbelievable pain yeah that i had never had in my life and i remember that day that night i can still visualize where i was standing when the phone rang i can visualize the phone i can visualize picking it up and i can visualize the the it was like my heart was shattered yeah. and it hurt so bad and i cried for a solid year That's how I grieved the death of my dad. And so fast forward all these years later, many, many years later, my, my body and my brain was remembering that. And I think I was resisting going, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't want to do that again. And so it was almost like I didn't allow myself to grieve Mm -hmm. my mom because I was fighting so hard not to grieve my mom and, and. I even have sadness now over that. Hmm. Like, wow, that is such yeah. a beautiful thing. And I fought it so hard because I I had that idea of if I start crying, I'll never stop. Yeah, And yet my body desperately needed to cry. Yeah. Like I wanted to sometimes pinch myself just to get a tear out. Yeah, And, you know, it's interesting. We see scenes in movies at times that reminds us of people who go, I can't cry. And you just want to go, man, we need to cry. Something has shut that down for us. And yet, actually, it's a human, it's a bodily function we really need.
2: Yeah, and the sad, sad side, the the, the science side of it, the uh, therapeutic side of it is people, the tears are supposed to release, the hormones are supposed to be washed out of the system. Well, we stop it. Mm -hmm. You now have a hormonal imbalance. And then we go, oh, well, you need a prescription to deal with your hormonal imbalance. It's like, well sort of after the fact, but actually we just need this person to cry, cry, cry. The hormones get washed out.
1: Well, and and I think too, often I talk to people who think they have to set aside Mm. a weekend to go cry Mm. instead of realizing, no, when it hits you, cry. Just like over the last week when that picture popped up, I just cried. Mm. Yeah, And then when I got on Instagram yesterday and I saw that, uh that she had taken her 80 for her 80 her mom's 80th birthday to Hawaii i just cried like just do it in the moment don't plan it right don't think well i just need a whole weekend to go and just sit in it it's like cry in the moment and if you're in a place where you can share it with someone awesome and if no one's there just cry yeah you know and and talk about it later and share it with someone Oh, man, I felt really sad earlier. Got this picture pop up on my phone so unexpectedly, and and just to to realize how much we need that. Right, so good. Well, in the fact that you co-regulated with others,
0: you know, and so yeah. I think that's what this whole episode today is about. It's it's about not even just doing this process with your partner, but like really building that community, yeah. finding yeah. other couples that you can share these vulnerable mm-hmm. moments, even moments that we may laugh about, you know, but it's still a personal thing. It's still like, oh, I'm sharing this thing that is not accepted by society, but here's this part of me that now I can process this joy with you or I can process this pain with you or I can process this sad with mm-hmm. you because it's what I'm experiencing right now. And you have more safe people in your life because that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We need a Wall around us of safe people mm-hmm. that we can all live life with and step out of our homes and, like, no, oh, we have another couple friend, we have other people that we can talk
2: to. Yeah, and you say couples, which absolutely, totally, but for singles as well, you know, 100 percent, 10 year olds, for teenagers, whoever, yeah, that we all need safe people. Of course, we're on a global mission, uh, seven billion people, because mm-hmm. we want everybody to be a connection coder regardless of age, marital Mm -hmm. status, whatever, that they're just able to connection codes with those around them all the time.
0: A hundred percent. So do you all want to close us out by doing
1: the will? Absolutely. Okay. Do you want me to start?
2: Yeah. Well, do you want to do an issue specific about the Santa Rosa trip?
1: No, let's do it more general. You could do it if you wanted to, but I was just having a lot, I guess, as we were talking about all this, you know, so um, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, joy. I'll start with joy today. Mm. Just, you know, uh, joy of being home, but Mm -hmm. also joy of just our trip and all Mm -hmm. the fun experiences we had and the wonderful people that we met. It was just such a great trip. Mm. So it's a double joy, joy of being home, but joy of Mm -hmm. our California time. Mm -hmm. Um, Sad, definitely today is a sad Mm -hmm. day and just miss my mom. Yeah. Thinking about her. (laughs) a lot and you know I'm thankful for that love. Like I'm thankful mm. that I'm I'm actually experiencing sad after eight years, you know. Yeah. Um let's see lonely I think that um huh, I shared this with my daughter yesterday. Lonely in the fact that my 60th birthday is coming up mm. and I've been talking about it for a year mm. and I I have not I've not even invited people to my party Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my mind. I have, and I want to really celebrate big, but the closer it gets, I'm like, Oh, it's not worth the trouble. Mm -hmm. So feeling lonely, need to reach out and get people to help me Mm -hmm. uh, make this party fun. Um, Let's see. I think um, hurt. I think that I experienced hurt earlier just when we were talking about an interaction with a person that, now I think you've talked to me about it probably five or six times. And um, and I know that I miss some things there, but I, I feel hurt when, when it's brought up so many times. Mm. Um, wow. Let's see, anger. I think that uh, for me, anger, the bigger picture of life is that we miss so terribly mm. on the messaging that we give each other. And so we're not safe for each other. Mm. And there's so many lonely people all around us and they don't know to say, Wow, I'm just lonely. Yeah, So anger in that. Um, Guilt, definitely guilt when I miss with you. Mm -hmm. And just like what you were sharing with me in the car on the way over here today, just that if I had just told you my emotion yesterday that Mm -hmm. I was hit with fear, then we wouldn't have already had five or six conversations about this. So feel guilt about that. Mm -hmm. Shame. I think the shame is kind of associated even with the lonely that I don't just ask for help. Yeah. Oh, and that well. I don't feel worthy of getting help or worthy of a big birthday party I don't mm-hmm. want to bother anybody yeah so it's how I feel about myself. Uh, let's see did I get them all Okay <laughs> yeah. hmm. your turn
2: <laughs> um, I'm always startled you know of course I always have learned more about you in the last two three years than all the other years combined. I always feel so much sadness Mm. because I view you as so spectacular. Um, Does this count as part of my two minutes? (laughs) The crying part. There should be an exception. Um, But I just feel sadness. I'm like, dang, what happened for this woman, you know, throughout her life that, um, you know, she doesn't feel worthy, valued uh, enough that she is significant enough to to do this. Uh, Some anger in that, certainly things that I've missed with you so many, many, many times. Things that I think your parents missed with you and instilled this deep inside of you and so many other people. So a lot of anger in that. It's like, dang, how do we, how do we miss this so horribly culturally, but how do we miss it with you? Uh, Because you deserve, you know, it's just so much. Uh, I get hit with fear and that sometimes just because I think, dang, I got to uh, and I guess you're shaming that for me too. Like I gotta step up here and figure out how to mm. just manage time. Uh, you know, I just run from one thing to the next to the next and I'm always doing what's right in front of me, the urgent thing, and then I miss some of the more important uh things. Uh let's see okay. so much joy certainly around you, about traveling with you. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the you know, the California trip was so spectacular. Oh. Uh, I forgot
1: to ooh, I just realized I've held my breath. <laughs> I've hold, held my breath the whole time. Okay, crying <laughs> crying, and ooing is a little more challenging.
2: Yes. Um, just a lot of joy in the trip. I mean, some yeah. amazing contacts were made. Uh, I think I already said fear, but a little bit of fear going into the event the other night because there were some pretty high-powered people. Yeah. There, and I just didn't know how they would react. And, of course, it ended up spectacular, which is yeah. great. Um may have said guilt. I don't remember, but just guilt that I missed stuff mm-hmm. with you. Uh, Because you, of all people in my life, deserve Mm. my connection codes perfection. Mm. Um, uh, Loneliness in in that, too, just not knowing how to manage stuff and uh, plan the important things uh, in life. I got completely lost, but I think that's close to (laughs) most of the wheel.
0: And thank you so much for us say it every week. Thank you for sharing. It's Mm. so connecting, If this is your first time listening, and you're like, "What did they just do?" Mm. Um, this is the core emotion wheel, and it's a huge part of the Connection Codes journey. It's something there are rules to it. There were very specific things that mm. Dr. Glenn and Phyllis did just then that you can't see, but are a part of how you do this correctly to connect. Right. And so, if you right. would like to know more, like, "Oh man, I w- I need this kind of connection," mm. um, you can go to our website, ConnectionCodes.co. Mm and download our core emotion wheel with the instructions on how to do this with your partner, with a safe person mm-hmm. in your life to to do to experience this connection. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that I've I did this with I shared this before with my five year old last night. We were really having a rough mm-hmm. night, struggling deeply, and we sat down together and did the wheel and he as soon as I mentioned it, his entire demeanor changed. I said, wow. do you want to do the the wheel? Mm-hmm. He wow. went from screaming and crying to jumping up. Yes, grabbed it. And I found out things about his day. I had wow. no idea mm-hmm. had happened to this little five-year-old body. Yeah. And it made wow. so much sense. So When we do this together, we learn so mm-hmm. much yeah. mm-hmm. about each other. So again, connectioncodes.co to download the yeah. core emotion wheel and find yeah. out more Of what this connection codes journey looks like Mm -hmm. and how to live in deep connection and share vulnerably within a community of people Mm -hmm. with like overcoming conflict. That's the part of it that just takes it over, you know, Mm -hmm. that we can not just experience conflict, but we can overcome it
2: quickly together. And I just want to interject, you know, everybody because there's a lot of connection coders listening, share this with five people, like literally right now. Just go, oh, you know, my mom needs this, my neighbor needs this, my cousin. And you're the one. You're the one yeah. that will reach them. Phyllis and I never will. And the the way this spreads is by you going, oh, I could share this. It's so incredibly mm-hmm. simple. Uh, it's very complex because it's based on humans. But it's incredibly simple. It's incredibly doable. And I just encourage you right now, literally, in this moment, to share it with a yeah. bunch of people
0: because we do, we hear from a lot of connection cutters that have gone through our master classes, that have read the book and this is where they learn the life application yep. and we hear all the time like, this needs to explode, this needs to explode yeah. and it, yeah. it's going to grow because you share it. That's nice. that's it. That's how that it nice. grows. There there are three of us. We're doing the best we can <laughs> but we really need you and this yep. week, I someone emailed that's a podcast listener and I closed the emails like, thank you for being on our team. You know, and I really mm-hmm. thought about that. I view that's our good. listeners like, we are the core team, but the people that are connection coders, like Absolutely. y'all are on this team with yeah. us. Yeah. And um, so we just so appreciate y'all being here, yeah. whether you're listening or watching and um, yeah, let's close it out.
2: Cool. Well, and again, the reason we stress this so much is because you need this.
1: And you deserve this. So, so let's, let's do, do this. this. Let's do this.